Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Samantha. Uh, are you ready? I'm so ready. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. It's our season finale, season ah, three. I can't believe it. Not the best timing yeah. <laughs> for everyone being quarantined, yeah. but we are taking a shorter hiatus than we did last time. So yeah. we'll be back before you know it. Um, today we are going to be doing a question and answer like every season ender. Um, so we asked you guys on Instagram what questions you had for us and we're going to answer them thusly. Okay, the first question is, what's your favorite way you've seen each other grow or change? Um... I would say my favorite way that I've seen you grow is um, like I guess like your empathy and stuff like that towards people. Not that you weren't empathetic before, but I think like and like all of us in high school, we were a lot more like pieces of shit. Yeah, just like yeah. concerned with ourselves and like with things that are pretty menial and stuff like that, myself included. Um, and even just from living with you, like I've become a more empathetic person and like an understanding person just like through <laughs> pleasant. you so yeah I would say that that's my hmm. favorite way that I've seen you okay grow. I would say um, th- um two things I think that you take like your health more seriously mm. um and don't like put yourself in like dangerous positions as much um but also do you want me to say that yeah okay or at all really I, I'm very <laughs> yeah. scared of being in dangerous <laughs> situations these days um but also in that I think that you are it, it's cool watching you like take more control over like your future and like what you want and, like your career to look like and all that kind of stuff as well because as much as obviously you were like very successful in your role um in casual divine dining um you know it's like it, it's cool seeing you develop this like brand and for yourself and and on the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's what I'd say. Thank you. Um, I just realized I'm not wearing makeup. This is the first time I've done the podcast with no makeup. Ooh. I'm trying to help my acne situation whilst in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. It, better time than any, frankly. Yeah. Um. Oh, someone said, Alyssa, what are your career goals if not acting? Oh. Um. Gosh, it's so hard to say. Um. I think... I mean, if I'm like really dreaming, I would love to have like a, a health wellness like retreat sort of situation. Oh, yeah, I know that's like crazy, but um, yoga I think, in the mountains. Yeah, I just think like through my Instagram and stuff like that. Like, I feel like the the like family that we've created on there, we're all so like supportive of each other and like positive as much as we can be, and like focused on health and like mental health and that kind of thing. And so I think that it could be really cool obviously if I like had enough money and <laughs> business sense to do it to yeah create like almost like a a camp retreat sort of thing where there's camp camp rock yeah <laughs> camp rock with yoga <laughs> but yeah with like things like yoga and like team building and like just like I don't know not like team building but you know what I mean like yeah togetherness and stuff like that I think that that would be like such a cool empowerment yeah yeah and not like just for women I think that it's important um for men as well and just like all humans really well, i think that sounds just divine yeah <laughs> someone said uh what is your number one tip to help us survive social distancing oh, why don't you answer that okay um she's saying that because i've been so isolated for the past seven years <laughs> um 
I think the best thing that anyone can do, whether you normally work from home or if this is your first time working from home or if you're not able to work or whatever, um, just being in quarantine in general, I think still sticking to some kind of a schedule is like a big one um, just because it gives you some sense of purpose and guidance um, day to day, whereas like it's really easy to fall into like a poor mental health state um, just because you feel like you're not doing anything basically and you're yeah. not around anyone you're isolated whatever kind of thing um and obviously that's the whole point but having some sort of schedule and sense of purpose I think is like the best thing that you can do for yourself yeah that's what I'd say following like your same routine and stuff mm-hmm. I really like to make my bed every day yeah that's a I, honestly it sounds so trivial but like that has made like a difference in my life yeah <laughs> um yeah I agree Make your bed. <laughs> That's our number one tip. <laughs> well, you're less likely to get back into it. You're like starting your day off intentionally. You're like, okay, hey, that's it. Well, and, and and what I've noticed as well is that like because making my bed feels like, okay, my my room is like clean, you mm-hmm. know? So then I try to keep everything else clean around it. Right. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Mm, oh, someone said, what's the most unpopular opinion that you hold strongly? That the fucking moon landing was a hoax. Oh, wow. You just, I was trying to think, I'm like, I was thinking about like what mine was, but also like what yours would be. And I'm like, I don't think that either of us have that. And then you just pulled that right out. (laughs) Right, right. I don't really have anything to support it at this point because it's been a long time since I did research. Uh, I also want to preface, I do think we've like as a, a world made it to the moon. I just don't think that it happened when they say they did. I don't know. All come, right. come at me as astronomers <laughs> just kidding don't come at me don't come at me <laughs> don't please don't <laughs> I don't know that I have one really you don't have an unpopular opinion I would say that I used to mm. until I became like less ignorant yeah. to things around me because uh, yeah hmm yeah I'm just trying to think about like unpopular opinions I've seen like recently kind of thing um but I yeah, no, I'm not usually on the side of unpopular. What about opinions. even like trivial ones like pineapple on pizza? Yeah, no, that's fucked up. I can see the merit in it. That's what I will say because like okay. salty sweet situation, yeah. I can see the merit in it. I just think that that particular pairing is not for me. Well, you don't eat meat. That's true. <laughs> but even when I did, I just don't know. That Ham I and pineapple that. is my shit. Oh, you love it? I love it so What's much. Wrong with you? I don't know. I've really like enjoyed a pepperoni these days. Do you know I want pizza? Mm. Pizza's so good um okay have you learned anything in therapy that really surprised it your that uh, oh god have you learned anything in therapy about yourself that really surprised you um I guess that I'm like capable of forgiveness (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) yeah because I really hold grudges and not in like an outward way where people really know but like I'll hold on to that bitterness inside and it'll really taint the relationships that I have Um, and through therapy, I kind of like worked through it enough where the other person didn't necessarily need to be a part of it. Mm. It, I just did the work within myself to be able to let go of those like traumas or like whatever, um, to be able to kind of like continue the relationship because I felt like it was necessary in my life. Mm. Um, yeah. And I don't think that I really thought that I would do that. That's an interesting one. Do you think that you'd um, just didn't think that you would ever get over the feeling or did you just like not want to even try? Probably both. Mm. Yeah, I think I didn't want to um, even like entertain 
the memories probably yeah uh and then also I was like well there's nothing that this person can do to make up for it which is probably true but there is something that I can do to let it go that's the thing though forgiveness has so little to do with the other Other person. person yeah exactly it really is just about your shit yeah what about you um where do I begin um (laughs) I've learned a lot about myself in therapy and I think that a lot of it comes down to just being more um self-aware but most recently um I had been kind of like isolating myself more and stuff like that um and I'd gone into my counselor I was talking about that and I was talking about how I was really struggling with um being more self-aware now at this point in my life and constantly feeling like really embarrassed and ashamed and um, stuff like that about like things that I had said that maybe didn't land right or it was taken the wrong way or things that I perceived as being taken the wrong way. Like it didn't actually lead to an argument, but just like someone made a type of face or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I would stew and stew and stew and stew and stew about it. Um, or like if I said something online or whatever just like obsessively yeah like and I just couldn't let it go and I was like so mortified about it that I like couldn't sleep and stuff and um, I was talking about this and how you know when I first started in this industry I would I would get angry if people misinterpreted me like I would be mad that because I knew my intentions um, and that kind of transitioned into this feeling of like well then I just won't make mistakes so you can't possibly say anything so it can't like land the wrong way um but then that like bled into my actual life as well beyond my career and then I just felt like it it came to the point where I was like I (laughs) I knew that I couldn't not make mistakes in my mind and then I was like well then the only next best thing this was all subconscious, by the way, is to just not be around people then. Right. Because then I can't say anything that's going to upset anyone or that I don't feel like I whatever said what I meant to or whatever. So I, I felt like that was something that was interesting because I feel so self-aware. But at the same time, it's like all of that was kind of that whole transition was taking place without me really noticing mm-hmm. like that it was or why it was or anything. So that. How are you doing with that now? after that revelation well that kind of seamlessly tied into a (laughs) pandemic so now I'm just uh the isolation seems a lot more (laughs) like socially acceptable um but I am I am doing better I'm trying to be better with um self-compassion oh good yeah um mm, Alyssa yes if you could I mean, this wasn't directed right at you, but I feel like you're probably going to be like the best at this because I never quit drinking. Mm. Um, If you could give tips to anyone wanting to quit drinking, but their spouse still does, Mm. what would you say? Uh, I think my first tip whenever I get that question, regardless, is to make sure that you're doing it for yourself, Uh, which is like surprising because I thought that everybody had heard that kind of like thing. Um, but people still sound surprised and they're like, oh my goodness, what a revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I had tried to quit before for my partners or for other people or whatever. And it just, honestly, it didn't stick. And like, I was able to do it for a certain amount of time, but because the motivation wasn't within me, it was external. Um, it really kind of fell flat. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, uh, it had no like grounding. Um, so make sure that you're doing it for yourself because then at least if you're seeing like your spouse or your significant other or whatever, having a drink, it's not that you are feeling bitter that they can and you can't air quotes. Um, it's that you are making that choice yourself to not. Yeah. Uh, and if it's something that like is in the beginning, I would argue that maybe your spouse 
could support you for a while and not drink around you because I know that the first couple weeks for me anyway um were the hardest and so it would have been harder if somebody was constantly drinking next to me I was smelling it um if somebody was especially getting like buzzed or something that would be like not a trigger for me but it would just be kind of like disrespectful in my mind um not that like my um like and like my addictions or whatever or anybody else's like cross to bear yeah yeah but I just think that if you have compassion for somebody you would try to help them um so yeah I would say do it for yourself um ask if they'd be willing to like assist you in that way for the time being or whatever um if that's something that they're comfortable with um and yeah I guess that's it because I think that it is hard if you are surrounded by people who drink often um but I think that once you start seeing the benefits of not drinking, I'm like a freaking like, <laughs> I'm like preaching. But once you start seeing the benefits of not drinking, it's like, it's so hard to even think of going back. Yeah. Like I even missed my like nine month soberversary because I'm just like mm. so used to not drinking now. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I was going to say too, um, when you're talking about like doing it for yourself um, as well, that could even mean like not doing it out of like social shame or Mm -hmm. guilt as well because like I think that a lot of people sometimes are misled into thinking that they're doing it for themselves but they're actually doing it because they feel so like ashamed because they feel like they should be yeah um but I think that's probably bang on I don't know though again never had to (laughs) stop drinking Mm. Mm -mm -mm. hmm did any of your family ever oh okay okay I feel like must do. Um, someone said, uh, what's your advice on your family or friends not being supportive of a boyfriend? Did you ever have that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know that my family was ever not supportive of my boyfriends. They were concerned at times when I was dating people who weren't necessarily the healthiest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to let you take that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean my advice at the time was poor because like I didn't handle it in a way that I would have handled it now how would I handle it now hmm um I think that I would probably just ask my peers and or family to respect um my relationship that I'm with this person for a reason um you know that I appreciate it and I know they're there for me um but that like I want to see this through and this still feels right to me in this moment yeah I think that's probably all I would all I would need to say about it because it is your decision um to be with who you want to be with and um you know I, I I don't think it's unreasonable for people around you to have concerns especially if they're warranted concerns you know what I mean like if this person has been dangerous in the past or abusive or you know whatever like just any kind of slew of issues that could be possible um it's not unreasonable but at the same time it's still uh people are still gonna do what they're gonna do and it's it's nice to feel that you're being supported um even if they maybe aren't happy about that particular thing because um you know it's it's the issue with now I'm just going off on a whole other tangent I'm not to the, whoever this is I'm not trying to say that your partner's abusive yeah but um but you know in so many scenarios that's why people end up staying in abusive relationships because they feel so ashamed to talk to their part or talk to their family about it and their friends because um you know if they keep going back and it's just like a whole right because they feel like they don't have anybody to turn to exactly yeah, yeah exactly 
Oh, someone says, how do you, <laughs> someone says, how do you manage your podcast? Who edits the audio and who runs the approachable IG? Okay, well, nobody runs the approachable <laughs> IG. <laughs> we basically just reserved the username. <laughs> yeah, we had good intentions with that Instagram, but alas, mm-hmm. it's just hard to get the content for it consistently and then yeah. also for our own separate stuff as well. Yeah. Um, we have such hard lives. Well, not like um. that it's hard. It's just like... <laughs> You would think like living together and having all this like time together, it is actually surprising how little time we have to actually like take a photo. Yeah. Because a lot of the time like Sam will wake up early so she's already done her makeup and then taken it off by the time that I've actually put my makeup on sort of thing. Mm. Um, And like it sounds crazy but like things with acne, it's like I, I can only put my makeup on once a day. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not going to put it back on or, or whatever. Well, and I think also it's kind of like being respectful of um, each other's scheduling as well. Yeah. Time spent with partners, time spent relaxing and whatever. It's like you can't yeah. just like be like forcing each other to work all the time. Yeah. But um, um, well, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I was just like whatever. Um, with the editing, um, this season we've been doing uh, I edit one week, Sam edits the next, uh, so on and so forth. Yeah. Oh, what is something you learned this season that is important to you? Um, it's hard to go back so far in the season for me to like pull from my repertoire because I feel like the debunking desire episode was really important for me because it was important. It's an important conversation. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously the last one that we did, the elephant in the room, I learned a lot in that episode that was like valuable information for current events. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard because that's not something that like is information I would probably need for like the rest of my life. But it was like obviously important in that moment. What about you? Um, I would say debunking desire as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was I think that was my favorite episode of the season. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a really important conversation. I think it's something that feels so isolating for so many people. Yeah. Um, and it's not talked about nearly enough. So I, I thought that was like a really, really good one. Um, and that one, if you guys didn't see, it was about, um, low sexual desire specifically, uh, in women. Yeah. Um, predominantly. Oh, someone said, what is your relationship like with each other's significant others? Somebody asked me on live yesterday, if Matt and I hang out when you're not around. And I was like, I mean, would you go hang out with your friend's husband? I don't know. <laughs> I had a friend that hung out with Matt, like, when I wasn't around, not in, like, a weird way. It sounds weird. There's yeah. no way of saying that that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound, sound weird. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, we live together, but we don't live together in that way. No. And, yeah. like, it's not like I met them at the same time. Like, like I don't know. No, like, Matt and I get along just fine. Um, I think that he's very funny. I enjoy spending time as a family together, but we don't hang out by ourselves (laughs) that would feel like weird the only time that I could envision us hanging out by ourselves is if I got really into video games Mm. and then he also wanted to play that same game and then we started playing video games together that's literally the only scenario (laughs) that I can like imagine that being a thing but also like I'm I'm home too like and if I'm not home it's because I'm usually out with one of you yeah 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 Uh, and I get along with Alyssa's partner just fine (laughs) I haven't seen him. He, I mean, he's fucking always out of the house. I know. He does. He's not a homebody. No, he's really not. So I yeah. rarely see him. But yeah. Um, yeah. Someone said, how has the podcast affected your relation, your relationship with each other? I don't know if it's the podcast, but like I feel the most comfortable with you that I ever have. 
Yeah, I think that was like bound to happen just being that like we're around each other so much more. Yeah. Um, yeah, oddly, like the whole like don't mix business with pleasure or whatever, like and don't like work with family and like all that kind of like all those like traditional things have like really not been a an issue. But I will say that like the podcast isn't all day every day right. typically for us unless it's something that we're like really having to like research or it's like we're having problems with editing or whatever right. um so it's not like we're constantly like all work no play and I think that yeah. we just have like a good balance in that way yeah and I think that neither of us are like really um selfish I guess <laughs> yeah and that's like helpful like we're not yeah I feel like when people say like don't mix business with pleasure they talk about money a lot and it was never really like an issue of like, oh, well, I did more work than you or like mm-hmm. whatever. It's just like, this is our thing yeah. sort of thing. Um, and same with like the workload. If one of us is having like a rough time, then the other one picks up the like weight and then vice versa. And I think that that is like a really nice thing that we're able to do. Yeah, I It's agree. not like, well, I did this. It's like, well, yeah, I love you. So obviously I did. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> water. Um, <laughs> This is an interesting question. Someone said, have you accepted people's interpretation of your words or do you get defensive over them? That's, I've never been asked that question before, but it's so interesting. Uh, I, I used to be a very defensive person and I really don't think that I am anymore, if I could be so bold to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that I just like try to see where they're coming from and most often if people are um, like commenting to me in a non-positive way it's usually because I have made a mistake so Mm. (laughs) I uh I learn from it and I um thank them and we all move on with our lives what about you yeah um I mean I don't think that I'll ever fully get over people misinterpreting me um especially because I've been doing this for so long that like in the beginning I can look back and be like okay yeah that was fair because like I was just young and like saying whatever the fuck kind of thing and doing whatever um and just reacting while I was like learning and stuff and I've accepted a lot more that like we've mentioned several times like we're consenting to learn in public and you know I I, I've accepted that fact but I think that because I try more now than ever to speak with intention it it bothers me even more when people Mm. purposely try to take what I'm saying out of context right um or and, and and also because like I try really hard to um, put myself in other people's shoes and see where they could be coming from and stuff like that. Even if it's something that I completely disagree with or completely whatever, um, I still try and see like why they might think the way they do or whatever. And so I guess that it it's it's hard to not be like afforded the same courtesy. Um, but uh, I mean, I think I handle it a lot better than I once did that's mm-hmm. for sure for fuck's sake I fucking <clears throat> god damn it you lost your place again yeah <laughs> people always ask if we fight gosh for the last time no <laughs> we don't fight <laughs> someone said how long did it take for Alyssa to tear up this episode I haven't teared up once but you know She's what hanging I, in there you know what I think it is is I just had like a full coffee so like I'm not Im- emotional I'm like buzzed yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, what is your entrepreneurial advice for starting your own business or brand? Where to start? That's on you, man. Why? You're in the thick of it right now. Oh, you are. I'll tell you when I'm like successful. (laughs) Um, I think that uh, it's, I feel not 
I also don't feel like I'm adequate to give advice on this because the only reason I was able to start doing what I was what I'm doing now is because I was in a position of privilege and that like I was living at home with my parents and so you know they could cover my costs in that way and not like for doing this stuff but for um like obviously rent and yeah. food and all that kind of stuff um and you know if, if I hadn't had that I probably wouldn't have been able to start this um and ha- like dive been able to like dive in as much as I did um so that makes it a little bit difficult because you really do have to be willing to put that time aside um but if I could say anything I would say don't undervalue yourself um be willing to put in the work. I think that um, a lot of times people get kind of caught up with this sense of entitlement um, and not even in a bad way, but just you. we've been taught that like if you put in the work, you're going to be rewarded for it. And sometimes it's just like you don't even, you cannot even grasp how much work you really have to put in to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that just, you know, trying to stay on the right track of you don't know when... <clears throat> whatever you're reaching for is going to come your way so you just have to be consistent and be willing to you know weather that time well and something I've also learned um is and not to undermine anybody's hard work but sometimes it isn't about how much hard work you put in sometimes it's circumstance who you know who yeah who you know um networking stuff like that like I feel like I was taught like you just work harder, work smarter, do all this stuff. And I think that that definitely puts you in a better position. But sometimes it really is like right place, right time. (laughs) Well, and and exactly. And I think that also um, I'm reading the book Outliers right now by Malcolm Gladwell. It's fantastic. It talks a lot about this basically like success and um, how success isn't like as like mystical as we really think it is. Like it's pretty, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, something that they touch on in that book is um the the fact that you know if you don't have time to practice and do what you need to do to get good at whatever you're trying to pursue because you are you know financially unstable you have to be working whatever kind of thing then yeah of course you're not going to be able to be in the same position as someone that's um well off enough that they don't have to be working the same amount as you do and all that kind of stuff so I think also having compassion towards yourself in that way um doing as much as you can while also making sure that you're taking care of yourself um and and being realistic too because because I as much as I believe in like setting really big goals and doing whatever you want to do and pursuing whatever you want to pursue um I also think it's important for people to you know have a good grasp on maybe this isn't going to be as rapid as you think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's even moderately helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Just a brief interruption to thank today's sponsor, which is Policy Genius. Dude, something that I didn't think about, I don't know why this is. Like the first two apartments that I rented, I never had to have like tenants insurance. Like it wasn't like a thing. Oh, you didn't have to? No, like they never told me. I was just like a 19, 18 year old, like waltzing into my first apartment being like, dee, dee, dee. but then I got to Toronto and they were like, you need tenants insurance. And I was like, what's that? I was forced. I was forced to have tenants insurance. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened to me in Toronto. And my tenants insurance cost me so much money because I didn't compare it anywhere. I just like typed in tenant insurance. <laughs> and then I like went through an organization that I was like already working with and it was so expensive. And then my friends were like, oh, I got mine for like 
you know, like a quarter of the price. And I was like, you can shop around for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was one size fits all. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was like, because in BC with like auto insurance and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, you only have one choice. Yeah, but that's what's cool about Policy Genius is that they have everything from like homeowners insurance, renters insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance, pet insurance. Like you can compare all of those like prices and bundles and stuff like that. And I just think that that's so cool, especially because, I mean, some people like myself (laughs) don't really understand that there's different prices for things. And Policy Genius's website is just like laid out so like user friendly for my brain. So once you guys apply on Policy Genius, the team will handle all of the paperwork and red tape and you could um, save up to $1,500 or more a year using Policy Genius that's for crazy. life insurance. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are in the market for any type of insurance from auto to pet to disability insurance, go to policygenius.com, check it out and go compare prices. That's policygenius.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. How has your mental health been since this pandemic escalated? Mine's actually been okay. Um, I was really anxious one of the days, but I think it was just like a a combination of things. Um, But again, like I said in the the last episode, um, I'm just trying to fill my mind with information that is directly from sources that are like trusted like yeah the world health organization the cdc canada uh ca like trudeau's um twitter uh stuff like that so that i'm not like reading reddit posts and like working myself up yeah because i would like to be knowledgeable and alert and stuff like that but there really is nothing else i can do besides what those companies are telling me or or organizations sorry are telling me I'm washing my hands I'm self-isolating um you know I'm doing everything that I can so the rest of it there's really not much I you know and that was something that our therapist told me like what what if what if you didn't have control over anything and she just like kind of like laid that as a like what if for me so that I stopped like being so concerned about things like mortality and stuff like that um and that's kind of just where I'm like leaning into is like I don't really have control over anything other than myself and that brings me comfort yeah is like I'm doing as much as I can mm-hmm. so there's no point in even like it's like fretting I yeah. guess yeah but you um I'm generally fine um I'm not like panicked but I will say that it's like it's it's pretty unnerving to me going to the grocery store and like everything's empty and you're like like that's that's weird to me mm-hmm. it's it's just makes me a little bit une- uneasy because um, what's happening right now is so, it's so unprecedented. We haven't seen this before. Um, like I was asking my parents, I'm like, have you guys ever experienced this? They were like, hell no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is this is like a first for most of us. And, um, and it's scary, obviously, because it's weird how similar it is to like movies. Right. Like it just seems like how did this so quickly become this thing? Um, and so, I mean, if I if I sit and I think about it too long, then yeah. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm trying not to think about the long-term effects because that also kind of um, makes me anxious. Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, like kids being out of school, like are they – so now they're behind, you know. Right. Because they're out until – 
the end of school. Like, right. they're well, not. Well, I did read that people are homeschooling, though. But who, who, like, like how many people are able to um, do that effectively? And are we going to be able to, like, roll out those things effectively where kids are going to be able to, like, watch, the, like, you know, if it was, like, online or whatever, mm. are kids going to be able to do that themselves where they don't need their parents to be doing that for the parents that are still working from home and all this right. kind of stuff? Like, it's just, like, who's going to be left behind right. in that transition? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying not to think about the long-term effects, like, you know, kids' education and um, our our medical centers and yeah. our economy and all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, be, like, respectful of it, but not, like obsess over it yeah well and, and, and exactly like you said just do your part and um yeah. that's literally all you can do everything else is completely out of our hands and yeah. it just is what it is well and, and that's the thing is if everybody did their part this this would be a lot less like grave for sure yeah so that that is it yeah and I also think that it's worth mentioning um <clears throat> that you know obviously like we're in a little bit of a different situation because both of us are able to do our jobs from home like our, our jobs aren't impacted by this quite as yeah. much so it's it's certainly a little bit different for us in that respect as well yeah mm, what's one thing you wish everyone knew and understood COVID-19 I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty like passionate about I'm present yeah the misinformation that's going around that people are still citing um even in my own uh peer circle not you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Sam. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I do wish that people would educate themselves in a responsible way. But um, something else that I wish people understood. I mean, this is like a little petty, but um, I used to have boyfriends who would tell me that being in the service industry was like being a stripper, which is also um Really? I can't, I can't, I can't, like just the fact that you, you have plural people, why do so many people relay the same sentiments to you? I don't know. Between the stripper thing and the old lady hands. I don't know because I date the same kind of man, um, which also there's nothing, in my opinion anyway, there's nothing like wrong with being a stripper. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know. That doesn't like seem like a bad thing unless you're like unhealthy and and whatever. But that's like any job. Um, However, yeah, I'm like I wish that people understood that like I still had to use my brain Mm -hmm. to be a bartender and to be a bar manager. Like I I was doing cost of sales and I was there at the meetings with all of these like very important people that you would respect. But because I was a bar manager or a server or something like that you didn't respect that so I I wish that people put a little bit more like um respect on your name yeah man respect (laughs) but not even just for me but for everybody in the industry and I'm I know that there are um like restaurants and like stuff like that where it is like a lot more relaxed and stuff but a lot of the people who are being like like people say they're airheads and all of this stuff I'm like do you even realize how hard it is to work at these restaurants no they don't like the multitasking and the physical work and and stuff like that like it takes a lot of brain power dude and like you're just calling me an airhead because i'm in heels yeah (laughs) anyway the disrespect (laughs) oh lord um my thing would be i wish that people more often judged others by their intentions the same way we judge ourselves by our intentions Mm. um because i think that uh you know, it's just so easy for people to get caught up in 
things that are really trivial because it's like your perception of what's going on um, rather than, you know, thinking the best of people. And obviously this doesn't apply to like racism and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, just like day-to-day interactions with like our partners and our friends and our family and all that kind of stuff. um, Just, you know, trying to understand where people are coming from, why they might be reacting the way that they are, saying what they're saying and stuff like that. Because when we overreact to situations overreact in air quotes um we can look back and be like well yeah I was really upset Mm -hmm. and I was really hurt and I was really whatever kind of thing um whereas like we look at other people and we feel like it's never appropriate right like why would you ever yell at me why would you ever slam that door why would you ever you know and so I think that that's something that uh could help us maybe I'll communicate a little better I feel like we've asked this in like so many words before but um what do you think is special about your friendship that has made it last so long Oh, yeah, we've, yeah, we've definitely answered that. Um, what do we think is special? Um, I mean, I'll basically relay the same answer, I guess, that I have previously, is that I think that we... Guest experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't actually going to pull that one out. Um, I think that we allowed each other to grow separately so that we could come together as, like, a stronger unit. Um, because, I mean, we have been friends for 10 years, but, like, we've said, um, like, we weren't generally as close for like a lot of those years and so like allowing that relationship to be nurtured just through like phone calls every once in a while and stuff like that I think that that was really important um for us to be able to kind of like meet again on the same like path and then yeah take the guest experience yeah uh did I ask this what has been the most rewarding thing about doing the podcast no okay uh what has been the most whoa 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 Whoa, whoa. what do you think about that question oh 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 i agree yeah okay (laughs) um yeah and i yeah i I think we have probably answered it before ditto um but uh yeah i agree uh but what's the most rewarding thing about doing the podcast heart you guys yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think having a community yeah that is like so uplifting and is so welcoming of unpop i guess like because well, not unpopular opinions, but topics that are less approachable, mm-hmm. um, as the name. Uh, because I think that it really could have gone one of two ways. Yeah. You know, and people could have been like, this is not like appropriate to talk about online or something like that. And people have really like embraced it with open arms and it makes us like feel excited to continue to talk about more unapproachable things so that we can make them less stigmatized or whatever the episode may be. Um, and yeah, just getting to connect with all of you guys and yeah stuff like that yeah I would agree and I would say that like um I think it's 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 just cool to me how much something as simple as talking can bring people together yeah um and and I think that I'm I've always been I shouldn't say always in recent years I've been like so interested in self-development and trying to be you know like a better person to myself to people around me to the world whatever kind of thing um and learning more and and all that kind of stuff and just taking it as much as I can and so I think that it's like I really enjoy being able to like share that with other people um and just that you know that's that really is so easily done like it's it's so easily done by just communicating with someone and and having them relate Um, and even if they don't really being able to understand people better that might be in that similar position. So I I just think that we all win when we're more, um, you know, in tune with other people's experience. Yeah. And especially like throughout the world, because before this platform, I didn't really have any, 
um, connection to the rest of the world. I really predominantly was around Canadians and sometimes Americans. And so now I get to talk to people from literally all over the world and learn so much more um, kind of from like firsthand experience. And obviously you take everything like like as it comes, but it's it's really like eye opening and I feel like I've, de- I've developed and like grown a lot more just from that kind of like connection. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Someone said, um, what do you feel like it means to – what do you feel like it means to be Canadian? <laughs> I mean, like in my mind, <laughs> I feel like being kind. But obviously there's Canadians that are not kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if I'm trying to like be patriotic – I just, yeah, I feel like being kind and welcoming and um, inclusive and, um, yeah, I feel like that's what it means to be Canadian. But, I mean, again, obviously not every Canadian subscribes to that, but that's kind of like from growing up in Canada. That's how I feel yeah. about Canada. Yeah. I would say similarly because, like, I think that um, the, the thing that I – a lot of people compare specifically Canada and America. Obviously, we're so close. We're, like, similar in that we're very, like, we're Western countries, whatever. Um, But the one thing I will say is that the biggest difference for me being in Canada um, is that I do feel like the people around me would help. Right. If I needed it kind of thing. Um, And... And again, yeah, obviously this is a generalization because there are people that are assholes. But yeah, um, but just like that, this feeling that like you are a part of this thing and that like that is something that actually brings you together is like being from this country. And um, and I, I think that it's it's worth mentioning that obviously there's Canada has just as many issues as any other country. Yeah, and, of course. you know, we're really um, we are very terrible in how we like treat our indigenous people yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that's important to note as well. Um, because it's so easy to be, I think it's so easy being a privileged Canadian to talk about how great Canada is. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, but really like we have been so lucky, I think in our experience of, of where we're from and I feel, you know, protected by our government and like, I am really proud of the fact that our government is generally quite liberal and that, you know, like gay marriage has been legal here for quite some time, abortion and, um, women's rights in that respect, um, all of those things are not, you know, they're not, they're not up for discussion. Yeah. It's not something that I grew up questioning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I think that all of those things make me very proud Yeah, of Canada. Oh, what a nice question to end on. It is. Well, you guys, that's the end of season three, ma'am. That's it. That's all I she wrote. I believe it. I know. That went by fast. It did. When, I mean, in what, the middle it felt slow and then it like zoomed by. What was our start date? Let me go back. Oh, I don't remember. January something. I think it was May. Was it? No. Oh, sorry. Not for not for this season. For the podcast overall. Oh, it was in May. Yeah, for sure. May 8th. Oh. We're coming up on one year. Oh, what are we going to do for our one year anniversary? Yeah, I wonder if it's on a Wednesday. Could you imagine? <gasps> we could hold a party. Not at this rate, but yeah. <laughs> but like a party for two. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not on a Wednesday. That's unfortunate. When is it? Uh, it's on a Friday. Oh, freaking weekend! That is a freaking I weekend. Love pizza party. I love it. 
Uh, well, thank you guys so much for sticking with us for another season. Yeah, um, thank you guys. Yeah, we're so grateful to have this platform and to have you guys here for it. And we're so excited to come back in season four. And also a huge thank you to all of our sponsors yeah. for this season. Because no kidding. we had an ad for almost every episode. Yeah. And that was um that was a big big one for us we so. almost paid for all the equipment yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're almost at uh, par now <laughs> okay uh, thank you guys so much we will see you next season bye bye